I won the genetic lottery. I have a genius IQ. I'm six foot four. Who else do you see walking around here with a genius IQ and fucking muscles like mine? I think Andrew Tate is a fucking dumbass. <laughs> Welcome to Radius of Reason. I'm LaVon with my co-host, Andre. And today, we've got an unbelievable topic. Andrew Tate. Who is Andrew Tate, Andre? Well, he is a... I guess he's an internet personality. He teaches young men about how to make proper investments, how to treat women nice. He, he's, he is a grandmother's dream. Um, <laughs> we, we've been consuming so much Andrew Tate content that we've actually put on our nice shirts for this episode, as opposed to our normal uh, haggard, disgusting look. Um, Andrew Tate. God, where to start? Uh, Andrew Tate is like the, the king incel. He, he is proof <laughs> that no matter how <laughs> shitty of a jawline you have, like the dude's jaw just like goes straight into his chin. Like it, it just, there's nothing there, but he gives everybody hope. He is the incel that broke out of the ranks. If Andrew Tate can make it, all of us can make then it. Then so can you. Then so can you, dear listener, the single listener. Um, Long story short, though, Andrew Tate is a name that has started really trending, I think is the best way to put it. Uh, June or July of this past summer, Andrew Tate was actually um, the name searched far more frequently than Donald Trump or Kim Kardashian, which I guess hallmarks of American culture. But to best describe him, he, he's kind of a mix of a motivational speaker, a financial guru and i'm throwing air quotes around that heavily um and a kind of um ultra masculine again air quotes uh role model of sorts and now since he's been deplatformed for a lot of his critical views around um what has been accused of as misogyny or or promoting violence in general he's become almost a counterculture figure almost a rallying point for the disenfranchised elements of our society. Um, you know, we joked about the incel bit at first, but there is a lot of his language and narratives that he uh, propels that really kind of equate to what our friends in the incel culture uh, discuss. Not my friends, but yeah. Mostly my friends, yeah. yeah. So, long story short, internet personality, yes. Um, he built out his original career as a kickboxer. Don't know much about his record in that. He's a world champion. World champion kickboxer. Um, He had a stint on the hit TV series Big Brother in 2016, but he got quickly eliminated for being too much of a beta, I think. Um, (laughs) In his own autobiography, he says that he has been around for centuries and actually lived and meditated on Wudan Mountain, which we now know is in China, for about 500 years. Um, while he was learning the art of um, Kung Fu or something. So he's been around forever. Like, this guy's like old news, man. Um, that much living depletes your uh, jawline yeah, quite a bit. Th- that's, so. why, that's why his jawline is steadily receded into his skull. <laughs> um, yeah, well, he... Um, but, you know, beyond those things, when he got uh, originally started in business... The first thing he did was start a kind of webcam cam girl oh, cool. type of business, right? And 
he used these girls to actually scam dudes by coming up with fake sob stories. <laughs> um, and they've actually admitted to how much of a, a scam that whole thing was him and his brother uh, who ran that business. Um, and then after that, they kind of moved on to selling courses online at what is called Hustlers University. Oh, you want to talk about Hustlers University? Yes. All right. What is Hustlers University? Uh, it is a fake ass bullshit online course that um, a set of online courses that you take by people called professors. I don't know any professors that would work at a place called Hustlers University. I mean, the market is oversaturated <laughs> with PhDs right now. I mean. But basically, you know, they, they sell courses on um, like e-commerce, dropshipping, fulfillment by Amazon type of things, uh, awesome, NFT, man. crypto trading, day trading, options trading. It's stuff that is widely available on the internet. Widely. And there's, there's, there's really, there's, there's no, like we haven't taken the course, obviously, but there's no way it's really containing any novel piece of information. It's clearly a bit of a pyramid scheme. Yeah, that was actually one of the more fascinating bits is like the business model associated with it, right? Um, I think he charges about 39 pounds uh, per month to be a member of this like hustler group. Uh, and he's got about 127,000 members as of August. So he crunched the numbers and he's pulling in about like almost 60 mil a year just from this like hustler, hustler university stuff. That's pounds too. I guess the pounds kind of shit right now. So poor Andrew Tate. Um, but you know, the emphasis on the pyramid scheme is that he kind of creates a network of young hustlers that go out and sort of, first of all, attract new members. It's almost like uh, the church of Scientology in that sense. Um, and for every new member they bring in, <laughs> uh, he, gives him a cut of of monthly revenue so it simultaneously creates like a self-perpetuating loop of membership but then there's also another side to it where he has people kind of repost all of his dumbass like views in the world which which we'll get into creating almost like a an endless loop of exposure to all of his channels and everything like that or channels of information which has become especially uh useful i think in this like post banning era right if there's an andrew tate that was platformed deep platform andrew andrew tate is still getting a ton of exposure because he has all these kind of flying monkeys just circulating his shit all over the major social media channels he can't access anymore due to his deplatforming um which yeah that, that's kind of like the next step in his uh, life history here he he was deplatformed as andre alluded to earlier for misogynistic comments and he was actually deplatformed a couple of times i mean throughout 2021 he was temporarily banned from uh, tiktok he was kind of removed from some of the other sites but he's been reinstated consistently and it's this time around in 2022 that there's been like a concerted effort online to really identify him as somebody who's spreading hate speech and whatnot yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, there are allegations um, that uh, they're rape allegations, yeah, rape uh, human trafficking allegations. The human trafficking allegations, I think, are, are especially heinous because this is something that's happening right now. Like this is under investigation as we speak. Yes. Now, we, we're, we're not accusing him. We're not saying he did anything without evidence coming forward that confirms now 
there may or may not be. Uh, I don't know. I think we would have to dig into that a little bit more. But if it were to come out, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world. Right. Um, Yeah. Beyond that, uh, most Googled man, you mentioned more Google than Donald Trump and Kim Kardashian, but the most Googled man in the world uh, in the month of August yeah. this year. Yeah. So that's absolutely fascinating. Well, and here's, I wanted to ask you this question. I mean, you talked about Hustler University and I think my mind immediately jumps to like the Donald Trump brand, Trump University and whatnot. And they kind of have a similar persona. They almost project this kind of no filter, saying things they think like, oh yeah, everybody thinks just nobody says out loud. I mean, how much similarity do you think is there between Tate and Trump? Well, Tate is a Trump supporter, so they definitely have a lot of things in common, a lot of uh, common beliefs. Um, I guess I asked because... I I, I think he is a a sort of different kind of Trump. Uh, He's the Trump equivalent of, you know, the, the... self-help motivation financial guru pickup artist type yeah right um and we're gonna have a wider discussion you know uh, as we kind of dig into all of his material we're gonna answer the question of whether or not he's actually a douchebag or is he actually misunderstood and taken out of context because a lot of the worst shit he says are clips yeah. that are available online so are people just taking him out of context. Uh, I I think, look, we've said, you know, some very critical things, uh, especially about his jawline um, and his chin or lack thereof. But we want to really give it a a fair shake, right? Like we're not just here for a character assassination. We really want to explore Andrew Tate as an internet personality. And so I think the best way to approach that um at least in the form of this podcast is to go over some of the clips okay and so the first kind of question that i think is very interesting is how did andrew tate become so popular how did he game the tiktok algorithm well there's a couple of clips that i want to share that i think really demonstrate that so the first is as follows you are thirsty and you want to hydrate your body. You can complete that task in three seconds. Next time you're thirsty and you buy a bottle of water, drink the water and throw the bottle away. Why are you walking around with the bottle? You need your hands free. What if you have to grab a girl's ass or punch a dude in the face? What if you're not combat ready? Walk around with your fucking It's pointless. A little sip here, a little sip there. I don't understand the, the point. Complete the objective. That's what life is about. Get rich. Fuck the girl. Fucking take the hill. Conquer the mountain. How long does it take you to drink a bottle of water? I mean, I've never really thought about... Is it more than three seconds? I mean, if I'm on the hustle, man, I fucking pound that shit down. I I throw... I don't even aim for a trash can. I just leave it. (laughs) I I just just deposit it somewhere on the side of the street. Too busy. You gotta understand that. I, I I gotta ask, dude. Like, 
Doesn't he kind of fucking sound like Shapiro? <laughs> <laughs> well, in this video, by the way, it looks like he's, uh, it's an ISIS propaganda video. Yeah, no, like that, that's like serious ISIS energy. Like the way he's like looking into the camera and his, and his eyes are just like bulging out. Dude, he's going to cut off some guy's head. He's yeah. like halfway there. And, and by the way, if you're listening to this podcast... That we have a YouTube channel, yes. which we almost never advertise I guess we through audio form. Yeah. But please check us out on YouTube. You can actually see all these clips as we are discussing them. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You got to smash that like button. <laughs> and bro. to help us with the YouTube algorithm, like and comment because that helps. Genius University move right there. Now, the next clip is kind of an extension of his technique. And as we'll discuss, is it an act or not, right? Because if you, if you see these clips in isolation, you're like, what the hell is going on? There's no way a dude is ranting about how people take too long to drink a bottle of water. And, but that's the point. Yeah, that's and, the and point. I think that's something I feel we all got to keep in mind as we like go through these clips is that he's purposefully saying things that are just outrageous and to a certain level, like borderline insane, because that's exactly how he's going to get those views on TikTok. That's exactly because you're going to watch this and it has like that pulsating, like weird German porn music in the background. <laughs> and it, it just kind of hits all your senses at but, once. Yeah, you're right, though. It, it's not rocket science, right? At this point, we kind of know what the algorithm's like. Yeah. So anyway. People often ask me, hey, you are the best human being that's ever walked on the face of the planet. You have it all. You're strong and tall and sexy and smart and good looking and rich. But if you had to choose, would you choose between smart or strong? And obviously we continue to talk for a further few hours about how I have everything. Like people hate the fact when I just say I won the genetic lottery. I'm not trying to rub it in your face or nothing, and I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just pointing out the facts. My father was a chess grandmaster. I have a genius IQ. I'm six foot four. I've proved my athletic genetics by becoming a kickboxing world champion. I've won the lottery genetically. Who else do you see walking around here with a genius IQ and fucking muscles like mine? I don't take steroids, I don't take creatine, I don't take protein powders, I don't do nothing. Muscle just falls from the sky. I won the genetic lottery, I'm a fucking team. Yo, is he juice or natty? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Is he juice? Is steroids? Or you think he's nat like natural? I don't know. It Dude, doesn't. He, juice, he juices. He, I wouldn't put it past him. He, either way, like, how many geniuses have you seen utter the? Have you heard utter the words? I have a genius IQ. I, th I think that it's like Edison. I think it's quote unquote Edison. Edison. Yeah. Oh. I have a genius level IQ. Well, respect. Then respect. Yeah. Then it is confirmed that Andrew Tate is indeed a genius. Now, that is so wild, outrageous, and bizarre. You're like, there's no way this guy is serious, right? Like, that, 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 that clip says a lot. But again, um, moving on, I think, to get into some of the issues that he had with the social media platforms and his bannings, yeah. um, I think a, a very interesting question to ask and examine is... Is Andrew Tate a misogynist? Does he hate women? Does he hate women? Is he anti-women? 
If I meet a girl in the Western world and I'm sitting there having a date with her, I'm talking to her, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, where have you been? And they sit and say to me, oh, I traveled around Thailand for two years. I'm sitting thinking, okay, that's 10 dicks that have been through you. You don't know who those men are. You probably got chlamydia. You're a fucking bitch. If you have a daughter or if you have a girlfriend, she wants to go traveling, tell her she's not allowed. Tristan banged nine girls in seven days. No prostitutes, nine new girls in seven days. What were their names? I don't know. They came there to find themselves. They found themselves naked in my bed. Tristan banged how many girls in how many and days? Tristan's his brother. <laughs> this is, and man, like I keep on thinking about just the general insecurity of this guy. Like, listen to how fast he talks. Like, he, he, he just, he can't like linger on any of his thoughts out of probably a deeply entrenched fear of being judged for the shit he's actually saying. And, and for people to realize how bad some of his logic is. Oh God, yeah. Now here's here's another clip. Do you think that women are property? Sure. So I think my sister is my her husband's property. Yes. And a bride is walking down the aisle to marry the groom. The father walks next to her and gives her away. Does that not sound at least in some way semi-related to to property? At some degree. Some form of ownership. Yes. Form of ownership. Does the Bible say the husband owns the woman? I believe does it Quran, does. Does the Quran yes. say that the the man owns the woman? Mm -hmm. Yes. All the things I'm saying are things that are largely accepted by society forever. Yeah. I'm not saying anything new. I'm not saying anything which is really, truly even controversial. Not controversial at all. Maybe the next clip is. I don't know. <laughs> Why do women like soap operas? He loves me, he loves me not. You can do anything you want to a woman except for her. Men out there who beat the fuck out of their wives and their wife won't leave them. Can't call him boring. You might beat me up, you might not. Do -do -do's. You know, it's like literally anything for excitement, anything for attention. He might beat me up, he might not. Do -do -do -do. So, three clips, three opportunities to determine if indeed, and granted, we, <laughs> I guess to a certain extent, we are cherry picking ourselves. But based off of those clips, well, look, I, I just want to say it's not even based off those clips. <laughs> I, I watched his interview on Piers Morgan. That's right. And he had all the time in the world to explain the context. He repeatedly say, oh, these clips out there to take me out of context. He had a full, I don't know, hour and a half, two hours or some shit. He had all the time in the world to provide the context. He didn't. He didn't. This, you, you can't. Th th look, there's no way to interpret those clips as anything other than just obscenely misogynistic. Well, and I, I mean, it's and I don't like, think this is a question that is trying to obscure it. I, I think the brand of Andrew Tate is very much just owning this kind of thought process. Right. Um, saying anything other than that, yes, this is what I believe, would be against mm -hmm. What I think is, and we'll talk about this, is this very finely crafted persona he's presenting to the social media channel. I was like, why the fuck is he on Pierce Morgan? Dude, Pierce no. Morgan wanted to get the views. Man. Yeah, but he had him on in like September. That's the month after the human trafficking allegations he was under. Well, he wanted to, he brought those up as well. Of course, Andrew Tate, again, for the lawyers out there, Andrew Tate has denied the human trafficking and the rape allegations. Innocent, you know, until proven guilty. I don't know if that's true in Romania, but... Uh, well, the reason he is in Romania is because is he, he wasn't going to get extradited for the rape allegations he was facing in the UK. Where were the rape allegations? Oh, in the UK. In the UK. In the UK. Yeah. Okay. So they were, like, he, he moved there right after those allegations were made. 
and then there may or may not have been an American woman held against her will in his house. Again, could have been a big know. misunderstanding, right? Yeah, he, could he seems like a decent guy. I'd be surprised. You know, maybe he could run out. for president. Which uh, I think he needs to do more shit. No, well, he needs to do more horrific. Dude, shit. how many Bugattis does he have? <laughs> Uh, all right, so we got we got the misogyny kind of perspective on things, but really, I mean, is this guy genius IQ? Right? Like, is he a dumbass? Genius IQ. Genius IQ. Walking around with muscles and genius IQ. Rephrase it for me. I'm struggling to understand yeah. your question. I think Andrew Tate is a fucking dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's let's see if this is true. We've got a clip that our producer has planned <laughs> for us. People say, why did you choose the Muslim religion? I sit and say, name another one. Name another religion where you actually are sticking to guidance and adherence to certain rules to show respect to God. Name one. And you can't, which means it must be the only one, which means it's the, it's the right one. It's based. <laughs> did you follow that immaculate train of logic? That is genuinely one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. There is only one religion that demands that you follow rules, following the rules that God gives you one religion. And if it, and if it does, and it's the only one that therefore it's true. Therefore it's true. You need a genius IQ to understand that level of logic. You know, Andrew Tate clearly didn't listen to our last episode. (laughs) He wouldn't be saying this dumb shit. We would have had him on lock. Um, I, you know, I worry about this guy. Uh, I, I think he's, he's wound up so tight. He's got to sleep over this guy. You're so concerned. He's, he's got to fucking walk around with his muscles and his genius IQ. He's got to keep all of, uh, his women in check. He's fucking just, I don't know, dude, this guy, he's, he's worrying me. He, he's do all these issues with, uh, sorry. Do, does this behavior suggest that Andrew Tate is insecure. Is Andrew Tate okay? Well, let's find out in the next clip. So when I say people are lazy, they go, I'm not lazy, I work hard every day. You work eight hours a day? You work eight, eight? The fuck? If I'm awake, I'm working. I'll be driving my Bugatti Chiron through Dubai, working. I'm texting at the same fucking time. I don't take a second off. I don't take a minute off. I don't relax. I don't rest. I don't stop. I don't chill. None. Ever. I'm either asleep or at work. That's it. Second I wake up, I check my phone. I begin working. I go to the gym in between sets. I am working. I'm online working the entire fucking day until the second I go to sleep, I am at work. That is all I do. And you are at home competing against me and you want to watch a movie tonight. And then say you're not lazy. You're fucking lazy, and you're gonna lose forever. Is he okay? Nah, dude. Th- this guy is—he—he's—he's uh, he's a prisoner of his own construct. You know, he's just—he's screaming for help. Like, look at those eyes. He's just—he just wants <laughs> you to help him. Um, I gotta. Dude, what the fuck does Andrew Tate do? <laughs> he's like, I'm working all that. What? What does he do? Well, it's like. He's an idiot because he's got an online pyramid scheme. So, like, you really shouldn't have to, like, if you actually devise it with a genius IQ, like, you shouldn't have to be constantly on your phone. But but, but I think that's, like, like the trick, right? The trick is he's got to fit into the the hustler narrative, right? He's got to be the guy who's fucking working 
because that that's exactly what I think our like, economic thinking rewards is that hustler men- hustler mentality. But dude, like, look at those photos. He's like on, on his fucking plane with his fucking loafers. He's on his phone. What's he doing? He's not working. He's fucking fuck no. He's on Reddit fuck or some no. shit. He's on the incel subreddit, dude. <laughs> he's fucking posting, getting more tips. Um, yeah, I I, I think it. It, it just, that clip to me screams an unbelievable amount of insecurity. Absolutely. And, and, and it shows that this dude is probably miserable because ain't no way somebody who's literally working all day is happy. They're not, they're not living a healthy lifestyle. They're not, um, their relationships probably suck ass because they're working all day. I mean, I don't know. They, but if, if this is the time, like the whole point, so see, here's a contradiction, right? The whole point of going to Hustlers University is supposedly to become rich, right? Well, to hustle. Well, to, but, but to become rich, right? But then the point of getting rich is to have your own, like to get your time back and to be able to do what you want with your time. You're not constantly working to make money, right? At an hourly level. Right. Well, that's the whole point. I think that was once the point. I think now it's, I mean, the whole conversation around why do we need billionaires? Like, what's the point of having all that money after like, you know, you could be set with like a hundred million, but it's this, it's like a self-perpetuating feedback. You have to, you have to constantly be grinding, you know, like just, you, you have to always be on that thing because that is what is very much a status symbol in its own right. The hustler again, um sure yeah i mean there are different ways you can look at it but and 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 it is true that you know some of these clips and you know we we've obviously cherry-picked yeah these clips there's no doubt about it we're not gonna you know lie about that we're not gonna be deceptive about that having consumed hours of his content (laughs) in preparation for this podcast um there are clips of him saying things that can definitely be perceived as motivational that are not necessarily bad advice, like get off your ass, do something to become a more valuable person. Absolutely. There, there are a lot of lazy people. There are bits of truth in what he says. Absolutely. But it is packaged in a, in a very uh, coercive way, let's just say, or with, with a lot of additional coercive content. Uh, maybe that's a better way to put it. So here's, you know, maybe the ultimate question. Is Andrew Tate a character? And there's a clip that I think will answer this question for us. It is my job to instill the same warrior spirit in my offspring. I will not have sons who are too busy buying NFTs and say, oh, I made a little bit of money and have skinny little arms and go to crypto conventions and be dorks. I will not have nerds as children. I refuse to have a nerd carry the lame tape. If my son is a nerd, one of us has to die, him or me, and I'll challenge him to mortal combat. Jesus Christ. Do you mean that? Uh, I, that's a bit of an exaggeration, yeah. but it sounds cool, right? <laughs> it does. Yeah, that's exactly it, right? Like, like she kind of just like pokes at it. And he's like, ah, I'm just fucking with you. And that, that, in my opinion, that is the whole show. Like, this is all... Like, it's a persona, it's a character, it's all just, it's all for show. And it's right there for everyone to see. Yeah. Right? Now, having said that, I do think he actually believes some of the things he says. 
Um, he might exaggerate some of those beliefs. He puts on a show, right? He says the most outrageous things that come to his mind to get, you know, the views on TikTok and, and, and all the social media platforms. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Like the, you could say the worst parts are probably an act, but I do think on some level he has probably deluded himself into believing some of these things and because it becomes a lot more persuasive when you actually believe to a certain extent. Right. And I do think some of the things he said, you know, he, that, that he says he believes, especially in the longer form content sure. in the clips, again, outrageous content for views. But I think then this is, this is why I, I feel he's much more comparable to Alex Jones because right around the time when the Sandy Hook trials are happening, there was this conversation over is Alex Jones slash Infowars like a genuine thing? Like when he's trying to sell iodine tablets or like, you know, you know about how water's turning frogs gay and whatnot. Like, is that really what Alex Jones, the human thinks, or is this Alex Jones, the persona that's been constructed to build a business off of it? And I think it was proven that Alex Jones was indeed the business model. I think Andrew Tate is very much. Well, when he gets sued, of course. Yeah. That's the, yeah. I, I'm willing to bet money when there's an inevitable lawsuit over Andrew Tate over I, some I, shit. He's going to use that same argument. You know, I think he already, I, I may have read something about this. I think he already did. Oh, well, brilliant. I think he already did use, use a, a line like that. Um, now, you made this point earlier about how Andrew Tate is essentially Alex Jones for incels. Can you <laughs> elaborate on that? I think it's, well, maybe, you know, Alex Jones is Alex Jones for incels. But I think, <laughs> you know, there, there's a really interesting sort of um, kind of a lineage in narratives that, that Andrew Tate's pulling from, right? That some of these things that he talks about, about women being property or, you know, how men have to carry themselves in society. You could really trace that back to like early internet forums and, you know, the pickup artist forums, the red pill stuff that came around in like the early 2010s. And most recently it's, it, it's been sort of the incels that are carrying that banner, right? That this notion of, sexual selection and men have to be a certain way and women like are attracted to men of a certain type that is very much i think the 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 basis of ideology that andrew tate is kind of aiming for right as alex jones sort of monetized the the conspiracy theorist pool in the, in the u.s i think uh andrew tate's doing the exact same thing and honestly when i was listening to his stuff to me, I kept on thinking, like, all this guy does, he just reads, like, all the forums, like, the dating forums, the fucking incel forums, the red pill stuff, and he just regurgitates what he sees and, you know, breaks it down into bite-sized concepts. So, I don't even think his thinking is original. It's just shit like he's read online. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's there's no original thought right. at all there. Now, Alex Jones, you, you know, he, he kind of acquired his audience through you know the medium of uh, i think radio talk shows right and, yeah. and something of the sort but andrew tate is obviously now living in in, a, in the digital era right where he can get exponentially more 
views in exponentially less time. Right. So talk about how Andrew Tate has kind of utilized TikTok to, to, to gain the traction that he has. Yeah. I mean, it's something we, we spoke about earlier, right? Where it's maximizing the, the controversial takes that you, you sort of yell and getting those into bite-sized clips. And I, and I think, you know, I don't really use TikTok that much. I think you're a resident TikTok expert here, but really it's just, well, hold on for the sake of clarity. I have a TikTok only to promote our channel. Yeah. So shout out to the two followers. Yo. Um, but I think it's really, I mean, if you, I, the way I think about TikTok in general is the things that attract the most views are the ones that create the most noise. That's why you see this like so much dumb shit on there. Like people like making weird noises and like, you know, accosting strangers and shit like that. Cause it's outrageous. It's kind of, we watch it maybe because we hate ourselves a little bit as like a civilization and it just kind of perpetuates and perpetuates. And the louder you are and the more obnoxious you are, the more views you get. So I think he kind of takes these like really kind of like batshit crazy takes at times. Or I thought the Islam clip was really interesting because you were saying off mic earlier how it's really like a lot of um, people of the uh, like the, the Muslim faith are like in the comment section, like, yeah, man, like it's the one true religion and whatnot. Like he's saying this like overly simplistic stuff to appeal to a certain audience, which is going to feed back into his like courses or whatever the hell he's hawking. He's, he's exploiting a lot of ignorance and stupidity and he's making a shit ton of money out of it. What do we say? 60 million pounds a year. Yeah. Maybe after about about 60 million a year after his expenses at, 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 you know, at least maybe making another 40, 45 million. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, he's, he's not a genius, but in some sense, you know, he has, he has an intuition that I think like Trump, someone like Trump has where he knows how to pull an audience. He knows how he knows what to say to get people to talk about him. And in this day and age, that is actually one of the most valuable skills that you can have. One of the most valuable traits. I would say traits. Cause I think a lot of that's innate. Yeah. Um, and, and so he, you know, again, you, you talked about the similarities between him and Trump. I think that's maybe the biggest one where they know how to captivate an audience. Um, and I think that's important to, to note is, I mean, try to look at this from a standpoint of somebody who, I mean, you and I watch these clips, I think mostly for shits and giggles, right? I was watching it because it's fucked up and kind of like in a dumpster fire way, kind of fucking funny too, right? Mm -hmm. But try to consider it from a standpoint of somebody who's in a vulnerable position, right? Let's say you're a guy, let's say you just got cheated on and let's say you're, you know, down in the dumps and you get on your phone and this is what you see. And you see like somebody who is objectively trying to come off confident, right? He's usually like in a fucking muscle t-shirt. He's in good, you know, to his point, he's in fucking kick-ass shape. He's surrounded by like signs of luxury. He's got his Bugatti um, on his private jets in exotic locations. So think about all these things factoring in and he's talking to the pain that you're probably feeling because in the moment where for whatever reason, your relationship fell apart, if your partner cheated on you, you're feeling vicious and cruel and, and you're thinking all sorts of dark things. And now there's a guy who is telling you all these things, right? How the fuck would you he's feel? He's trying that? to validate your worst kind of interpretations exactly. of, of that moment. Um, yeah, no. And, and, and 
look, we should be clear, like the, the primary audience here is young men. Yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, literally teenage men are consuming this shit on yeah. TikTok. I mean, the majority of TikTok users are teenagers. Right. I believe. And, and maybe young adults as well. But um, there was an article I read that talked about a Reddit post that a teacher made uh, and how she, she was saying that all of her, uh, you know, male students were basically like on their TikTok. <laughs> their feeds were just entirely Andrew Tate. And it was actually manifesting into how they treat women. They would they would be very um, they would talk down to their female classmates. Mm -hmm. uh, they wouldn't read books. That were, you know, um, that were, you know, ascribed to them to read uh, if they were written by women. I mean, the, what he's saying has an actual influence on young minds. Like, yeah, we can sit here and laugh, but there is a detrimental impact to society. Uh, and, and even if you say his long form content can be more useful then I like, even if you're someone who thinks like Andrew Tate, you know, his actual, you know, the real Andrew Tate the and, real Andrew and his law and, and you know, if you view him in context, he's, he's, you know, actually providing good advice. Well, the truth of the matter is most of the shit that's getting attention is the outrageous clips, which are influencing the young minds yeah. in a negative way. Right. In, a, in, in, in like inarguably. Right. Right. And I, I think that's, that's where the real danger is. And I don't know about your experiences when you're younger, but definitely when I was a lot more insecure and I was having problems with women, I did reach out to the internet, you know, and I think some shit I internalized probably wasn't great. And I had to kind of grow out of it and learn from my mistakes. Thankfully there's, you know, healthier guidance on there and how to structure uh, whole, like healthy, stable, supportive relationships with you know either sex but if this is is what you're seeing what's being reinforced i mean we've talked about pornography to a certain extent on the show and we talked about how maybe that's warping um sexuality in the younger generations that are like constantly being bombarded with this stuff i mean i can't i can't think of if as an adult you know whatever sleeping around is great but if we're trying to build healthy relationships with, with partners that, that we respect and respect us in return. I mean, this isn't exactly a pathway that is going to construct that. Right. And, and it's going to require like deprogramming of sorts. Cause eventually these young men are going to realize like, this is like, this is fucking shit. It's terrible. Like eventually you're going to end up in a not very great place. If you like live by the tenants, that Andrew Tate's like prescribing to you. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's like, you know, on, on, uh, the young women are getting advice. You know, I, I think you could say they're getting more left leaning advice, right? Um, more like uh, maybe the feminist advice is taking over for them. And it's in such contrast to the shit that Andrew Tate is saying. So, it, it, you know, it, it makes that interaction between men and women or boys and girls. And as they're developing, like it, it creates a, a more, they start to live in their own worlds basically. And it makes that interaction more difficult. It makes that, uh, the process of kind of figuring out the other sex even more difficult, right? Because you have kind of these two bubbles that are growing apart. Well, hang on. I, th I think you need to double click a little bit on what you mean by the bubble that 
uh, young girls are subscribing to? What, what is this ideology? Well, I don't, don't want to say, you know, I, I think it's more so the men that are like pulling away with, with kind of this, you, you could say, I don't know, red pill content, black pill content, <laughs> right? Like it's more, it's more so the men, but also I think the women, uh, b- because it amplifies kind of those most innate characteristics in each sex almost, you know, maybe the women are becoming like, you could say more, more and more feminized and the males are, I don't want to say they're becoming more masculinized. They're, they're, they're becoming more like maybe toxically masculinized by that kind of content. So that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, let me ask you this. What is happening to young men that this is what they're reaching out to? Well, it's not entirely clear. I think definitely, you know, we, we've blamed social media on countless social problems and we're going to blame it again on this one. I do think the social isolation uh, caused by social media and the internet and just a digital age in general um, is contributing to this um, where I, I think men or young men don't have good role models now um, that are kind of local to them because most of their attention is going to be grabbed by the most outrageous shit online by virtue of being just literally the most compelling from an attention economy standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those are just a couple of things off the top of my head. Right. Um, I mean, did you have something to add to that? No, no, no. I, th- I think, I think that those are all valid points. Well, let's talk a little bit about Andrew Tate and his social media ban. We've talked about the misogynistic comments. Um, but it's a different question to ask, should Andrew Tate be deplatformed from TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, I don't know, whatever the hell else he was on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's the question, isn't it? I mean, I think there's a pretty, there, there, there are two answers to it. There is the, the legal answer, which was his content violating the terms that these platforms work under, which then I think, yes, um, certainly I, I think some of his clips have been taken out of context. There's one that was widely cited in some of the articles we read in preparation for this episode, talking about him, um, specifically referencing like backhanding a woman. And those articles never, really included the entire context for when he was talking about if a woman was attacking him with a machete, that's how he would handle her, right? They only talked about his, you know, graphic descriptions of violence. But there are other clips where, like the ones that we played, where he just straight up talks about smacking women around, right? Which, that to a certain extent is violence. Just like, hey, you know, his boys in the Islamics, oh man, that's not a cool comment to make because he is a Muslim <laughs> now. I can't say that. That's <laughs> fucked up. But, you know, we made the the, the attribution that his videos kind of give off ISIS vibes. We couldn't post ISIS videos on, on TikTok. So, yes. The second part to that is more the ethical, I think, question that comes up on our show ever since episode one. I mean, should social media platforms be policing these kinds of content, right? I think now in particular, we're really in, in the midst of uh, maybe philosophical debates on this because Elon Musk has acquired Twitter, and now there's all this conversation about he's you know allowing for certain 
levels of hate speech to be permitted now because that is his views over what these platforms should be, right? Pure freedom of speech. So I think depending on where you fall on that issue is where you're going to get your Where answer. do you fall? I think that... Um, I think that based off what I've seen, uh, yeah, he's probably got to be deplatformed. I think because there is a lunacy to, to, to what he's talking about and there is a maliciousness, right? I think it would be different to me if this was just like some sort of like self-help guru, but because it's like crafted to manipulate and to monetize that to me is the dangerous side of things. What about you? What do you think? Well, since episode one of Radius of Reason on free speech and digital censorship, yeah, don't check we're that gonna, out. We're gonna put the link. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the hand thing. We're gonna put the link. No, it sucked. That that was a terrible episode. But honestly, I, I've kind of I've been thinking about that issue because honestly, I didn't really like what I had said in that particular episode. <laughs> you can't change it, dude. It's recording. I actually man. think I actually do think. Um, saying misogynistic shit does not warrant someone being kicked off platforms. And I, that, that I think is the, is the difference where he's not just saying misogynistic shit, right? He, I, I think he kind of takes it to the next level. Well, I, I, I think specifically, let me, let me, let me caveat this. I think specifically because he's saying these things and then there is a pending, pending case against sex trafficking against them in Romania. The two together, eh. yeah, it's not a good combination. It's yeah. not a good look, but I don't know. I feel like, it, I mean, it's a legitimate question of like, where do you draw the line, right? What does constitute misogyny? Like, these are all like, you know, it's all in a continuum, right? Like what's misogynistic versus what's not. Like there's no straight answer. And how is it, you know, is that something that can be consistently applied to, right. to, to everyone? If, if a religious text, and there are religious texts that say women are the property of men, I'm not going to get into all that. According to but, our boy Andrew Tate, all of them. And yeah, even to himself. Yeah. So are you going to ban anyone who, who kind of cites these religious texts? Are we going to ban those religious texts from our society? I mean, look, I, I do think it's actually a slippery slope. Um, at the same time, I can't deny that in this particular case, it would be a net positive to ban this guy. The problem is moving forward, you know, applying that same principle and how, how it could be abused. Right. And like actually, that's, that, that, that's, yes. I, I think that's the problem because, look, is the world better off without Andrew Tate just completely taking over TikTok and absolutely influencing young minds in, in a massively negative way. Yes. I think all reasonable people can really agree that, you know, their teenage children shouldn't be consuming his content, for example. I, you know, actually, I think I agree with you there. I think I'm going to amend my position. I think that just because something is taking off on social media doesn't mean it should be banned immediately. I think that there is a greater conversation around because this isn't just Andrew Tate getting big. This kind of illustrates, and maybe this is Andrew Tate's whole purpose, right? Maybe he is like benevolent genius IQ, genius IQ, right? Um, but I think it illustrates that there is something else going on. And banning 
Tate would probably only address the issue at a surface level because he's still huge. He got banned. I think he probably increased his popularity. Right. Now he's like in exile or some shit. Right. Dark Andrew. He's, per- he's being persecuted. He's a hero. Yes. His, his, you know, his, his videos have gained unbelievably more tr- traction. His flying monkeys are working, spreading all the content and exactly. everything. But I think what it doesn't do, yes, okay, fine, ban him. But you're not addressing the issue at hand. Like, at the crux of the issue, there's something going on that's attracting young people to these views. Well, it's not, but it's not just that. It's, it's also the force of these algorithms and how they amplify the worst shit. Because it's, you know, guess what? The worst shit is the most interesting, <laughs> right? And so what do we do about that as a society? If we don't want the worst shit to get squeezed into the top, right? If we don't want, you know, this winner take all attention economy to gravitate towards the worst people and the worst content, then maybe to this actual solution is to ban social ma- media, let me ask you a meta question. Would Andrew Tate watch Andrew Tate? As in Andrew Tate, because there's that one clip that we played where he's talking about he doesn't want his sons to be like skinny-armed NFT guys. But that's kind of what Andrew Tate, the business model, is propagating. So would, would this mythological figure that Andrew Tate is trying to build himself out to be, in fact, <laughs> be watching Andrew Tate videos for motivation? Fuck no. Because you should be working. Fuck no. Dude, but th- th- that's, like, that's, that's the loop, right? It, it's the infinite feedback well, loop of, of Andrew Tate. one of many contradictions of Andrew Tate. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's interesting. That's an interesting point. But to circle back, I, I, I do think it's a fascinating I- issue. Let, let me ask you this. Um, are the algorithms a reflection of human nature? Or are they simply... Um, God damn. Hold on. The wording was really good on the last slide. Forgive me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, are the oh, algorithms yeah. promoting crazy shit... Or is it a reflection of what people actually want to see? Right. Yeah. Well, it's both. Well, I mean... It's quite frankly both. But let's think about other examples of... I can think of two individuals on the internet, like in the past like five or six years, that sort of signal in the same way to Andrew Tate, right? Something like, you know, quote-unquote confident projection, which Andrew Tate's, you know, a total beta... Uh, <laughs> beta cuck yeah, beta yeah. cuck beta cucks united but he reminds me a lot of like dan bilzerian and ty lopez and how he like structures his frames and like what's in the background and like the the, the status signalers that he uses right the constant bugatti reference it, it's i think there is definitely a part of us that wants to see like success and, and, and you know, somebody that's kind of sticking it to the man and like saying like things that validate us, right? Back to the point I was making about maybe men that are vulnerable after bad breakups. This is like what they want to hear. They want somebody to say out loud like the hate and, and, and anger they feel towards towards um, the opposite gender or to the similar gender. Well, yeah, they, they, it's funny because they're kind of like um, they're taking responsibility away from themselves and just blaming the other party. Right. Yeah. Anyone but me, that's the problem. And I, and I think that I think, and to that extent, people do want to see this kind of stuff because it validates those darker corners. You know, Mm -hmm. we we reference the incel community. 
I think in many ways people flocked to the incel community because they were saying things out loud that everybody else was feeling. doesn't mean it's true, right? but it means it's like validating a certain negative loop you have in your thought process, which I think Andrew Tate does. I mean, like Christ, like I'm not going to lie. Some of his videos where he's talking about like, just like get ripped, like making money. I was like, yeah, okay. Like, sure. Yeah. Gotta be working all the time. Um, but I also think that to the point that you made earlier, the algorithms are genuinely just promoting shit. That's crazy because that's what makes money, right? That but it that, makes money because that's what people want to see. Right. So it, it's an infinite loop. I said that it, so many times. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's a vicious cycle. Um, I don't, I don't know if this podcast, this particular episode is the place to, to discover the solutions to this unbelievably extraordinary problem. But do you have any off the top of your head that you could recommend to Elon Musk and, uh, what, solutions in this, the, the CEO of, uh, TikTok And, uh, I don't think the solutions are going to come from you <laughs> No, the platform. I don't think we're going to find salvation in like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, like no amount of changes or tweaking of the algorithm i think honestly the solution is going to be found off the platforms like deep the d fucking platform as andrew tate would say like do, do you think we should ban social media platforms no you shouldn't ban social because i mean talk about like if, if if we prove if 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 some really well done social science studies came out that were um replicated numerous times it absolutely demonstrated that these social media platforms have absolutely fucked society up and we're worse off for the, for it. Um, would you be in favor of banning them? I don't think so because I think ultimately speaking, I mean, we, we have ample evidence that cigarettes cause tremendous amounts of illnesses and have like a negative effect on society as a whole. We still have them. We have maybe certain controls placed on like cigarette smoking, uh, but I don't know if it's the role of government to, to make those kinds of calls. I think what we need to do is promote thing as Andrew Tate would probably agree with me. I think we need to promote things outside of fuck, social fucking media. I think it comes down to like a reevaluation of our relationship with technology, maybe from a standpoint of parenting, um, changing how, maybe social media fits a vacuum and trying to fill that vacuum with other things. Right. What about, uh, what, what if we fight fire with fire? <laughs> what if we fight these internet personalities and their content with arguments that kind of destroy their points, right? With, content that ideally would be as outrageous and appealing but actually counter what they're saying or, no, uh, or, or provide some nuance and perspective is that kind of impossible yes by virtue of what it's by virtue of what it's trying to achieve i mean think about like the fact checking websites like snopes and whatnot right they, they've become jokes right they were originally created with the idea of like oh yeah well like We'll provide context and like, you know, moderate some of the outrageous like fake news stories out there. But they themselves became the fake news thing. It's like a meme, right? Like, remember that thing I sent you a while back? It's like an Ob Wait. Obama's on record for saying he wants pussy and barbecue and it's like mostly false. 
It's like, which one did he say? Um, I think it's just uh, any attempts to fight fire with fire. Like you're just going to get dirty in the process. It's like, you can't, what is it? You can't wrestle a pig without getting muddy or something like that. Beautiful saying. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it, it's a tough problem. No, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm probably with you on that. I think, I think, I think the content that invokes the most primitive outrage and fear or disgust, those things are always going to rule. Um, now, what do you think about the level of responsibility that these internet personalities have? Do you, do you think that... Like if, if followers, like if followers of Tate, for example, if we saw a huge uptick in like women getting beat and mistreated, raped, whatever, and you could directly tie that to his content and the prolifer the proliferation of his content on TikTok, would you have a case? against him like could you could, do you think we should craft society in a way where like you could actually make a legal case against this guy for his for i think his we influence? already have i think the alex jones case established that didn't it because we'll elaborate on that well i don't know the full details of it but alex like the the sandy hook family oh, the sandy hook. yeah, yeah I, I think yeah. that is kind of precedent for it where it's not just innocuous anymore like you do have a level of responsibility as a platform I think that we're going to be seeing probably more of that. And I, I, we're probably going to start treating these platforms as what they are. Like the New York times just can't, you know, whatever they've done this a lot, but they can't go out and just print a blatantly false story. There's a level, a level of accountability, right? You know, Iraq war notwithstanding, but yeah, I mean, they, they're absolutely responsible. But it's a lot more difficult to prove, right? Especially if other people clip out the craziest shit you say yeah. and quote unquote, take it out of context. Right. Right. So it is kind of a gray area for sure. But I thought that was kind of something interesting to think about, like how much responsibility does an internet personality really have? You know, I would, I would hope the people that become internet personalities are people with integrity that are honest, that, you know, would really care about what they're saying, the truth of what they're saying, the impact that it could have. But the truth is a lot of these people, uh, I, I think they have no integrity. I think they are simply grifters. Well, and I think that it comes down to the fact of, let's say we said something on this show and it was proven that somebody was inspired by that thing to go out and commit an act of violence. I think we'd feel pretty terrible. Yeah. I think we would probably do everything in our power to, to make amends as we could. We could, but you know, we're obviously, I mean, if anyone's actually listening to our podcast, <laughs> we're obviously not saying anything that really like in any reasonable way could be interpreted as we are. I think we're concerned with that because we probably care to a certain extent. And maybe the care vanishes once you have millions upon millions of listeners and you just lose touch of like, who's actually listening. Audience capture and right. And, but, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So kind of going back a little bit to, to why this sort of material has been popular. 
do you think that this is a backlash of sorts to maybe the, the heavy presence of air quotes social justice politics in kind of the popular narrative like is this the like reactionary element to increased concerns for uh you know gender politics recognition of uh, the rights of minorities, things like all these things that have really taken off, I'd say, across social media and the popular narrative. Is this the other side of the coin? Like, are people gravitating this to this because, um, like, woke politics are, are are just getting out of hand? I think so. I think that that I think that is that is playing some role for sure. Regardless of you know how big of a deal wokeism is. And I do think we need to discuss this topic in detail. It's not actually clear to me. I, I think wokeism exists. I think it's a problem. I don't know the scale of the problem, but I also know that people, you know, that tend to be the most vocal online and in power and in positions of, of influence, you know, they, they, they are kind of taken in by the, the woke ideology. Let me ask you this. If there were a, TikTok platform that was, let's say, like the ultra radical feminist version of Andrew Tate. Do you think that would take off? Yes. If it was a woman, if it spoke to women in the same way that Andrew Tate speaks to some men, if it would, if if it would speak to some women, because I don't want to lump everyone in together, because there are varying degrees of (laughs) you know personalities. What is a woman? What is a woman? Yeah. That's a, that's another topic, <laughs> but, but um, uh, to, to, to try to answer your original point, yeah, I, I think you know wokeism exists. The scale of the problem to me is still something that needs to be explored in depth, yeah. because uh, I, I think the right overblow like it, it's overblown how big of a problem it is, but on the left it's underplayed how big of a problem it is, and I think that in this case, I I, I do. I, no matter okay l- l- let me rephrase it in this way no matter what you think or how big of a problem wokeism actually is how it's perceived by the right is problematic because they respond to their perception of the scale of the problem and they perceive it to be a massive problem right and so i do think that causes a reaction to gravitate towards content that says no you know, we're not, you're not going to feminize men. We're going to be, you know, masculine, like Andrew Tate, the alpha, male, <laughs> the, the alpha male, you know, whatever. But like, uh, same thing with Trump. You know, I think, I think he got a lot of, um, traction because he took advantage of the f- most foolish things that came from, from woke ideology. And I, I also don't want to, I want to be careful here because, you know, what is wokeism? What exactly does it encompass, right? Uh, I'm talking about the most extreme fringe left beliefs, right? I'm not just saying wokeism is what the left believes. Yeah, all we're right. asking for is for universal health care, and they gave us fucking Andrew Tate. Exactly. But so, Universal mental health care. Universal, <laughs> by golly. <laughs> do, you, do you think that there is something unique about the way men consume information and the kind of information that disenfranchised young men seek out 
does that make it make Andrew Tate an experience that is unique to our gender? The, let me let me kind of contextualize it by adding in layers of things that men are going through today, right? This reevaluation of gender roles, this lack of maybe clear-cut purpose while maybe certain underlying expectations still remain. Uh, do you think that Andrew Tate is a unique product of this sort of like destabilization of traditional masculine identity in our culture? Like, is I, I, that's why I'm kind of grappling with. I don't know if we could get uh, Andrew Tate phenomena like in the content that women consume on TikTok. Well, well, there is, you know, I think one important distinction to make. I think women tend to be more open about issues they have, mm. and you know, tend to interact with each other and support each other in in ways that are much more conducive to making sure maybe, you know, their beliefs don't, you know, kind of go hay, right. haywire. Um, whereas men might be less likely to talk about their problems with other men and might gravitate towards these internet personas uh, for information, well, there's for support. Well, there's clearly something right? going on because we do have the emergence of the likes of and I don't think he's on the same level as Andrew Tate, but you know, the whole Jordan Peterson phenomena, right? All of this is kind of in the past five, six years, you have uh, a huge um, presence of the uh, God. I almost use the term thinker. <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Tate is, but th this presence of um, a genius IQ thinker uh, of platforms and personalities that, speak to a level of confusion and disillusionment that is present in our gender, right? And I think the more I'm talking through this right now, the more I th genuinely believe that this is a reflection off of like the masculine condition right now, that there is a, there's a sense of uncertainty and, and I'm not saying the uncertainty is a good or bad thing. You know, I think it's just a reflection off of for the better part of, I mean, history men aside from, you know, certain civilizations, men have occupied a certain role that I think we all agree was probably not probably, it was quite toxic and oppressive. I'm trying to qualify all of my language here. I don't know why, but this, a change happened, but now there's like a sense of like searching and yearning of like, what does it mean to be a man? Which I think are healthy reflections, right? We do need to be questioning the role our gender plays. And well, I, I, I think it's important to, I think there's a caveat here to be made. Um, I think it's more so what the behavior of like the highest status males might be. Cause I, I think I think most people, you know, they're kind of in the middle of the bell curve. I don't think most people that were like traditionally, they had the traditional, you know, masculine roles in society were like, you know, beating their women and like, you know, doing X, Y, and Z, like doing these, like the most horrific interpretations. Like, yes, the, 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 there, there was maybe some of that, but like, I think it's a question of who is like setting the standard, right? And it's usually the highest status males. And what kind of behavior accompanies that? Because if you say now the, you know, if the expectation for even high status males now is, is kind of like a more reduced feminized version of, of what was before, that's what 
I think ends up driving the conversation because it's usually you're focused at the top, right? You're not focused at the middle of the bell curve. Does that make sense? Yeah. Just a bit of like a caveat to what you said. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, I do think this is a symptom of confusion, particularly noting that a lot of young men are consuming Andrew Tate's material. I think like in one of the articles in the Guardian they wrote on him, they're saying how like one of the youngest subscribers for his like university was like 13 years old. Some shit. That's terrifying. Yeah, 13 year old slinging NFTs, man. Um, but I, I think it's th- there is a sense that young men are told that all the things that maybe your parents did are no longer applicable. There is a new, a new order of things, but then there's no discussion over how to behave or how to find your way in this kind of order. Right. And that leads to a vacuum that cucks like Andrew Tate Phil with their like shitty ass narratives and their oversimplified like talking points. Yeah. Another thing is, you know, it's, it's nice to have very simple. Yeah sound bites and you know i mean he he has the kind of the social proof right he's got himself with you know fancy cars models private jet you know i mean like he's got the social proof so you hear those sound bites you see what he has and you don't have to think too much you're like okay i'm gonna listen to him because you know he's got the proof that whatever he's saying works because he's done it and I can easily digest this. I don't have to think about it, but of course the truth is that things are a lot more nuanced. Things are a lot more complicated and And messy and messy. And, and, and that's the problem. You know, again, some people might say, but there's truth in what he's saying. Yes, there is truth, but the devil's always in the details, right? The devil's always in the details and if you oversimplify everything, I mean, geez, that's the problem we're facing right now. Mm-hmm. This social media, TikTok, Instagram reels culture where everything is uber simplified and lacks nuance. And you know what? In certain contexts, you can listen to things that are oversimplified. You're like, you know what? That doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, that has some truth in it. Yeah. But like you can't you can't just extrapolate that. And, you know, universally, universally apply it, you know, to any scenario or, or whatever. And like, I, I just think, again, like people are inherently in some sense lazy and they, they're not going to think too much. They're going to digest the stupid content. Oh, he has nice cars and women around him. No, whatever the thing he does, you know, uh, you get the accent done. Yeah. yeah, I just need to go get some jaw surgery. Yeah, shave <laughs> off some of that jaw. <laughs> but, yeah, you, you get what I'm saying? I mean, mm. this oversimplification, it's just like, I don't know. It, 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 it's a very, it's a very lazy way to think, in my opinion. And that's what the social media algorithms and the nature of social media these days is kind of promoting. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man, I, I, I genuinely, I don't know what we do. Cause I, I think, I think it's becoming really fucking obvious that social media is, is, is very toxic to society. And I may, maybe banning social media is extreme, but you know, you hear about Elon Musk saying, we're gonna, you know, 
charge people eight dollars uh, a month for Twitter Blue, where you where you get verified. You know, I actually think, you know, if you, if you can get rid of or, or or reduce the role of advertising in social media, if you can make sure that people are, you know, their accounts are tied to a real person, you don't have bots, right? You have people who are motherfucker. It's Andrew Tate calling you. And we are back. Excuse us for the technical difficulties. If you have been watching on YouTube and now, uh, or at least for the last 15 minutes, you've been exposed to a single photo. That is because the iPhone ran out of memory. They're so. trying to get us. So. <laughs> They're trying to deplatform us. Um, but I think really what we're getting at is that there are constant discussions around how to change how social media works. And with the current upheavals at Twitter, we're suggesting that maybe, and I don't think we're passing a judgment here if, if it's good or bad, but something is being done to change uh, a very critical platform. And it might turn out that this is a total dumpster fire or that indeed, maybe this is how we can reform social media to make it less destructive and reduce the chances that somebody like an Andrew Tate could gain a platform in the future. We've got to try something because whatever yeah. the hell we're doing right now, it ain't working. It's not working. It's not working. But I think what it really comes down to, and I feel like we bring this up every single show that we do is that we're missing something is that somewhere along the lines of rapid industrialization, we lost a, piece of our humanity that gave us purpose maybe it's belief in god maybe it's belief in ourselves but the secular void is real and we're filling it with shit like andrew fucking tate he might be the best evidence for the existence of god he is god he is god who is muslim who is muslim we figured it out boys and believes that women are property of men and that you better not fucking drink water <laughs> for longer than <laughs> drinking the fucking bottle. If you drink water for longer than three seconds or you don't believe that women or do believe that women are property of men, please comment below. Yeah, please. <laughs> we would love to hear from you. Let us know Let's, how long you drink from water bottles. <laughs> we're going to exploit you fools to, uh, to game the YouTube algorithm. So please. Yeah, going to put all of you to work. Please join us and uh, yes, hit that subscribe button at Incel University at IncelUniversity.com or also known as Hustlers University. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Radius of Reason. We will be back. We will be back. It's a tongue twister. We will be back. It's not. It's not a tongue no. twister. No. For me, it's, for my, it's, it's for light. my small tongue, it's, it's a, <laughs> it doesn't fit your skull. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andrew Tate, ladies and gentlemen. All right, adios. We got Take him. care.